Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 218. I'm actually over here in Orlando, Florida, USA, currently. Um, Guy is unwell. We were going to do a remote one, actually. However, I've got a fantastic interview today with a an interesting uh, golf story of Ryan Ruffles. Ryan's been on the channel a few times already. You'd have seen him. Uh, last time we were over here, we filmed at Isleworth. We've had him over at JCB, where he did the 10 Mulligan Challenge. We also took him to the pastures in Derby to try and shoot a course record that is only one on the par. But Ryan is an incredible golfer. He really is one of the best golfers I've ever played with. And it's interesting hearing his story today about his struggles, what he's got on with. Um, he's been on tour for like eight years now, how he burst onto the scene as being this kind of up-and-coming superstar talent, and then how the journey's been since then. So it's going to be really interesting to talk about that. And also, we do touch on the topic of Liv at the end of the of the chat as well, about what his thoughts were and whether he would sign if he was offered. Um, talking about Liv... It's the start of the new season this week and lots and lots of new sign-ups. Obviously, John Rahm's new team, uh, Legion 13. Tyrrell Hatton has just signed, which is... To be honest, I, I kind of felt like Tyrrell might have been one of the first players to sign a couple of years ago, but he's now taken the jump and he signed for Liv. Also, Adrian Moronk, DP World Tour Player of the Year jumped over to live and there's quite a few more additions as well um john ram obviously it's it's his first season it's it's over in mexico be quite interesting to see whether more people will watch time will tell i'm still not inclined to kind of watch all of it this weekend uh, i might watch bits of it but obviously i'm over here in orlando filming um but it's it's very interesting the golf world current currently right now i think is is as fractured as it's ever been I really do. I, I don't think it's in a great spot. There's lots of talks and we might have to do an emergency podcast when it does get announced. Lots of talks between PGA and PIF about this kind of collaboration that's supposed to be happening, which has been delayed. It's been delayed and I believe it's been delayed again. But rumour has it that something is going to emerge this week. I think it needs to. I think something needs to happen because golf is very fractured. There's lots of tournaments going on all different places of the world. Some of the best players over there, some of the best players over there, and it's just not right. I, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's good for the game right now. We need 
all the best golfers in the world back together competing. You see that in the majors now, but even then, you're going to see some of the top players in the world once their exemptions run out. You're not going to see them in the majors again. So it's, it's a really, really interesting time. Being over here in Orlando, I came over for the PGA show, which is a huge golf convention that happens every year. And it's all people from the golf industry, from from manufacturers to new inventions that are being trying to create to make the game easier uh, to PJ golf professionals obviously and it's quite an interesting place to to talk about golf and lots of chats have been had this week about again the game of golf and what it, what position it's in right now and a lot of people share the same thoughts as I do that it's not in a great spot right now uh, we'll see what happens but we filmed some incredible content this last week or so. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure when it's going to come out because for the first time in a long time, we are really ahead of schedule. In fact, the buy videos that we filmed in December have still yet to come out. So you're going to see probably a little bit of Dubai content also mixed in with some of the USA content. So just to give you guys, the hardcore fans who listen to the podcast and watch the podcast as well, the videos probably won't come out in chronological order. So just be aware of that. There's going to be a bit of a, sometimes I'll be in Dubai using certain clubs or playing a certain way and then I'll be over in an American and I've got a new driver in the bag. This week I have put a new driver in the bag. Uh, I've put the Cobra Dark Speed LS driver in the bag and it's been doing very nicely. Not perfect, but it's been doing very, very nice. I can't wait for you to see those videos. So far this week, I got the honor and privilege to play at Bay Hill again. Last year, it swallowed me up, chewed me to, well, you can't swallow, then chew me. It chewed me up, spat me out. It absolutely just killed me last year. It was one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played in my life. This year, we went back for redemption. And I'll be honest, I played a lot, lot better. That video will be coming out the week of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, so make sure you're checking that out. Also, got the pleasure of going back at Bay Hill this week and filming a cool video with Micah Morris. Um, Micah, obviously previous from Good Good, not filmed for him since he's left Good Good. Um, so that's, that's a really cool video as well. I think you're going to enjoy that. He hits the ball so, so bloody far. He actually did a great video with Rory McIlroy. Um, it's a long drive challenge that he did at a tailor-made shoot. Check it out, because it's a, honestly, it's one of my favorite videos of the year. It's really, really good, great insight. And it's great to see guys like Rory and even Tiger starting to potentially open the doors up to making YouTube content. So that's a really, really cool video as well. You've got to check that out. And then got to go back to TPC Sawgrass. Sawgrass, what a place. It really is the home of the the Players' Championship, which this year, it's the 50th year anniversary of the Players. Um, incredible golf course. Again, I played nicely around there last year, but felt like I left a couple of shots out there, even though I birded the last hole last year. That video will be going out the week of the Players' Championship, so you can get an insight of the golf course, similar to Bay Hill and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And it'll be interesting this year. Obviously, Tiger's going to be making a return at some point. I don't know if he'll play in both events, but I'm pretty sure he'll play in one of them. He's, he's, won, it, he's won eight times at Bay Hill, um, and he's won, I can't remember, three times, I believe, at, at Sawgrass, so, or twice maybe be great to see Tiger back at one of those events as well. I think it, I think he'd go back to Bay Hill personally because just because he's won so many times there. Um, and, and 
is it a flatter walk? There's not much in it. Sawgrass is pretty flat, to be fair. And then uh, that video coming out again, the week of the players, we had Nick the caddy back on the bag from last year. It's, it's awesome. That, that place is one of the best places I've ever played golf. However, I understand it also comes at a premium. For a green fee now, Sawgrass has gone up to $900 a round. I believe it's the most expensive green fee in the US right now. So it, it's very, very nice. If you're not going to get a chance to play it, definitely watch the video because we give you a real good insight of the golf course and it really is magnificent. Also, got to play a new golf course. I'm actually wearing the cap right now. This is Cabot uh, Citrus Farms where today's podcast has been filmed as well. Um, not right now, this bit. This is just an Airbnb in Orlando. But yesterday we are at uh, Citrus uh, Farms, a brand new golf, golf resort. We filmed there with Ryan Ruffles. Uh, played off the back, back tees at 7,600 yards. I don't want to give it away. That video will be out soon. But there was some incredible, incredible golf from actually me and Ryan yesterday. So check that out. But without, and then today, last day here in Orlando, playing at Lake Nona, uh, unbelievable golf course. I wanted to try this trip to secure a 10-shot challenge against a tour pro. Came very, very close a couple of times to securing something, but just too many moving parts. We didn't manage to lock a Tour Pro down, so that's a shame. But hopefully more 10-shot challenges will be coming very soon. There is one filmed that I filmed at the end of last year that's not been not come out yet. It's going to come out in the month of February, so make sure you're checking that out as well. And then today playing Late Known, it's going to be awesome. Guys, hopefully... I know you will enjoy this podcast with Ryan Ruffles. He's such a cool guy. He's got into YouTube. Um, he's starting to a YouTube channel. Kind of, He's doing a really good job on there. So if you're not checked out, do also as well. And we'll be back to normal service next week. I'll be back in Manchester. Guy will be feeling better. And we can have a real deep dive into everything that's going on in the world of golf right now. And who knows? We might actually have some definitive answers next week to what the future of professional golf looks like until that point sit back and enjoy the youtube videos and enjoy this interview with ryan ruffles well ryan what a spot what a spot man this honestly we've just arrived about an hour an hour ago here at cabot citrus farms in florida one of the the, the best new golf course in florida yeah i mean i hadn't heard of it as of a week ago um there used to be a place here called World Woods, yeah. I believe, and I hadn't even heard of that. I've lived in Orlando the last seven years or so, um, which is only an hour and 20 up the road, but kind of a hidden gem. My managers reached out to me and were like, come play it if you're home during the PGA show. Came out here last Friday and what a spectacular place. And I messaged you and I was like, I think we got to do a video here. I, I, honestly, um, I've just been, I'm, it's it's under construction almost at the moment. Yeah. And it's properly actual grand opening in September. Yeah. It feels like it's pretty much close to opening already, but yeah. obviously there's some final touches. It's two golf courses. We're going to play the one that's open at the moment. I think it's called Carew or something yeah. like that, I believe. Yeah. And it's the noise that the um, cranes. Oh, that's right. Well, those the, red what, cranes that are, yeah. that are around here. Yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all over Florida. Yeah. And we're going to shoot a cool video today, which will be out very soon, um, where because it's so new, I want you to go out there and shoot a course record. Break them set the course record I don't know if there is one or I've heard yeah. through the grapevine you've currently got it right 
I, did you shoot two under the other day? Yeah, I was two under, yeah. I think you've got the course record. Right. I was chatting to the guys before. Yeah. So Louis Usenhazen came out here and shot one Actually, under. Actually, no, scratch that, because I couldn't have been, because I didn't play the last hole. Oh, so you've not got the course yeah, record. Yeah, so I was two under with one to play, I forgot that. I had to take my coach to the airport. <laughs> and so I had to, I, I didn't even think about it the other day when I was playing. But yeah, it w couldn't be me, because I didn't play the last hole the other day, so. And I need to pr pronounce Louis's name correctly. Louis Usenhazen. Yeah. I seem to always call it Louis Oosthuizen. Louis yeah. Oosthuizen is then currently got the course record at one under. Okay. So that's your target today. Yeah, right. To get out there. I mean, either of us could shoot the course record. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You know. I believe in you. Either of us. I believe in you. <laughs> I think you could. Uh, I think last time the guys who've watched the channel enjoyed. First off, the comments you get on the channel are superb. Thank you. People love seeing you on the channel from when we first played at Isleworth this time last year, mm -hmm. which is probably almost exactly the same time as last year. Exactly the same time. That was my introduction to YouTube golf. And then the fact you came over to the UK and you did the challenge at JCB, mm -hmm. and you also did the one at the Pastures, yep. where you tried to set the course record. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that's a very different golf course to here. Very different. All three of them very different to each other. Yeah. And now all four very different to each other. And uh, I think getting you back on the channel again. And you've, in the last kind of 12 months, like you say, you're almost introduction to YouTube golf. You've now set up your own channel. Mm. Yeah, you definitely got me started uh, when it comes to this. We did that video at Isleworth, which was super spontaneous. Like yeah, I, didn't know, I didn't know about it till maybe 10 a.m. and we filmed at 12. Weirdly, was I not supposed to be playing like with your sister or something? I think you just put out, I remember you put out an Instagram story. Anyone yeah. in Orlando want to play today? Yeah. And I messaged you back and I was like, well, I'm in Orlando, I'm not doing anything today, I you think, want to play? I think the pro at Isleworth had already said, yeah. can you play with Rick? And, yeah. like, and I, I think, was like, and I was like, great. I think we're playing together, but I don't know, <laughs> Like, but I'll play if you don't have anyone. And it, so it came out of the blue. Um, I've always done a fair bit on Instagram and stuff like that, but never YouTube. And it kind of got the wheel rolling a little bit for me and kind of, I was like, wow, this is a lot of fun. Um, maybe I could be decent at it as well and a little bit of a supplement to my professional golf career and since then like you said I've started my own channel collaborated with you and um, a few different people and did you collaborate with Luke Kwan Luke Kwan yeah, yeah we went to the Dominican Republic uh, a couple weeks ago we were there for a week and we just nice. filmed a bunch of stuff and um, I've got a few videos for my channel coming out about that and now obviously here with you and you know it's just fun like professional golf is it's hard and you spend a lot of time on the road kind of like playing very serious golf and working very hard at your craft and this is just a little escape where you kind of have some fun and play different places and see where it takes you. It's, it's I good. actually, I proposed to my wife in Dominican. Did you really? Yeah, we went on, we went on a little holiday, fresh, fresh face, no beard and little lovebirds and uh, I ended up proposing to her on, a, on an island called Say Sayona Island which is like this Beautiful. really nice tropical island yeah I'm nice. sure it was gorgeous it we was were really good Casa de Campo which is where like Teeth of the Dog is and stuff like that and then um, where they host the PJ Tour event Corrales and, and amazing places I've spent a little I've played, I've played some tournaments there but never been there on like it felt like a holiday. We were filming, but it felt like a holiday. <laughs> I must admit, I have to convince my wife when I've been on the trip like this that it's not a holiday. Yeah, You're correct. Like it's hard to. Even my girlfriend, I'm like, hey, I'm going <laughs> with the boys to the Dominican for work, I guess. Um, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. But it's good fun. So, yeah. Um, this whole YouTube thing, it's new to me, um, but we're having fun with it for sure. Just a quick one for people listening as well who, who can't appreciate this beautiful view, albeit obviously this is on our YouTube channel as well if you want to check it out. You might just hear a few little maintenance uh, vehicles going past, like I said, they're in full swing at the moment to get this place fully set up, ready for the grand opening. Um, 
I also saw on your channel, I've not watched it yet, you actually released a tennis match, didn't you, yeah, against did. your sister? Yeah. Because for, for people who don't know, I think we might have talked about it on video before, your parents were professional tennis players. Mm. Yeah, both my parents, um, very high level professional tennis players. Um, my dad got to top 10 in the world and mum was top 20. and So kind of tied to my sister and I's narrative has always been tennis of some sort. She played it competitively until she picked up golf. I played it competitively until she, I picked up golf. Um, so it's always been kind of part of our story. For son, a son and daughter of former professional tennis players and things like that. And a question we always get asked is who wins in a tennis match? And I was definitely the underdog in that tennis match. Is your sister better? I mean, she played it longer. And so she played it at a higher competitive level. She probably has better technique than I do, <laughs> but I'm a bigger brother. So there's, I'm not gonna give away. If you guys wanna go watch that, it's on my channel. Um, but it was, it was good fun. I, feel, I, actually I had feel like you've got a very smug look in your eye. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun filming that. That was something that just, like I said, it's been after so long. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna film it and post it on the channel. Anyone who asks me, Go have a look, Love that. and we'll see. We'll see who likes it. So, um, something different for a golf channel to post a tennis match. But we're both good tennis players, so it's not like a couple chops no, going around there playing tennis. Um, we actually know what we're doing. So, yeah, it was good fun, and go check that out if you want to see who's a better tennis player. What? Um, explain to me the last twelve months. Yeah. Or even, or even you might want to stretch that period out for longer because you've had quite an interesting career in professional golf yeah. so far. You know, you hit the scenes. How many years ago did you actually kind of uh, hit I turned pro in 2016, so that's it was my eighth year, yeah. And you kind of came out all guns blazing, mm. played PJ Tour events, mm -hmm. um, you know, com competed and did really well. And how would you kind of summarize, I'm going to get quite deep here, yeah. your kind of career so far? Yeah, it's been an interesting one. I mean, I, obviously this question gets asked a lot. Um, I turned pro at 17 to a fair bit of, let's call it fanfare or whatever you want to call it. Um, new kid on the block and as a 17, 18 year old I came out there and for my age did pretty well. I think the first year I made 5 out of 7 cuts on the PJ Tour, um, had a top 20, I think I made the cut in events like Memorial and Bay Hill and stuff as an 18 year old. Um, and I think looking back on those times my biggest regret is that being a very competitive person, a very competitive athlete, I didn't give myself any credit for what I was doing at the time. You almost um, felt like you underperformed. Yeah, to some I felt degree. like I was underperforming. I'd come, I think I came about 28th or maybe 30th at Memorial as an 18 year old, and I'm berating myself for not coming 10th. Um, and I look back now being 25 years old, and I look back on it now, and if there was an 18 year old doing the same thing, I'd be like, wow, be he's, he's a hell of a player, and he's got stuff to look forward to. And I think that's probably my biggest regret. Nothing that I did technically, or nothing that I did from that point of view, I just think I got really hard on myself. And because of that, golf's such a fickle sport with confidence. If you're not the one beating your own confidence up, other people are going to tear it down and if you're helping them tear your own confidence down it's going to go down a pretty quick slope and so for me I went through a couple of years where I just didn't play well after that um, I'd kind of been too hard on myself didn't get the results I wanted um, and started to be a bit bummed out by those results changed coaches a couple of times and kind of things got a little messy there um, and then kind of I played on the Corn Ferry Tour from 2020 to 2022 um, and played all right, never got my PJ Tour card, but kind of was middle of the order of merits. I think the first year I finished maybe 30th out of, and I think top 25 got the cards, then about 60th, 
top 25 are going to get their card and then I lost my card in 2022 because I was injured and um, had a couple injuries, shoulder, back, those sorts of things and they kind of, it's tough with the medical exemption so as much, I figured I was going to be able to stop, recover and then be able to go back out and play but with the nature of medicals on the Corn Ferry Tour it just wasn't the case so I kind of just had to, um, yeah for lack of a better word, just take some stuff and try and get through it and it's no good playing golf like that so, so you're almost you're almost because of those medical issues you almost have to hit reset a little bit yeah for i mean and it's hard like i think the hardest part about these tours is getting on them once you're on them it's not nearly as hard to stay there but getting there is the hardest part well, there's so, such limited spots to get to the next level whether that's through q school or whether that's the feeder tours or whatever it might be in my case i got to the corn ferry tour through finishing uh sixth on the latin america auto merit which got me to final stage q school which then i got, then got my card so yeah i mean for me then losing my card it's been tricky to get back on there i spent last year um i went to q school and i missed it second stage um i played on the challenge tour over the summer in 2023 and i played all right but once again in seven starts it's you, you mentioned that the course is just uh, not what you're used to either. yeah it was just i think i wasted a couple of events not being prepared i think i as soon as i got the hang of things and what i was up against i started to play really nicely and put together some consistent results over a few weeks but when i first got over there it just like caught me off guard i've been playing yeah. Isleworth for months and big long golf course hitting a lot of drivers and ball striking's a premium and then you get to the uk not even the uk just europe in general a lot of irons off the tees premium on wedges and kind of getting up and down and creativity and I like that style of golf, but you got to be ready for Just, it. It was totally yeah, different. Correct. It, it's, it's again. It's like if I, you know, if I've played a long stretch of UK golf and then come out here to the states. It's tough. Just it's it feels like a totally different game. Correct. And you just did it the other way around. Yeah. And so um, I played all right but nothing spectacular and so that's kind of my plan again this year but hopefully with a little bit more preparation is kind of that kind of leads me into this year is i'm starting to play really nicely i mean i've been playing quite nicely for a decent while it's just more about opportunity yeah. than anything else um and i should have some more opportunities this year in europe to go over there and play um and i'm excited for that because at least now i know what to expect it's been before last year the last time I played in Europe was I think in 2014 or 15 yeah. and this time I'll know what to expect and as well as that like I said I'm working hard on the YouTube channel as well so for me the YouTube has kind of created a little bit of a side project yeah. while I haven't been playing as much competitively um, to kind of get after so a lot does of that, exciting things does that help with any kind of maybe sponsorship exemptions or does it does it open a few conversations up around the fact that you can you can potentially add value to an event because you might post about it mm. vlog about it make a video yeah i think for sure i think it not only opens opportunities in terms of exemptions but i think it opens opportunities just for myself as a brand i think um i'm able to i guess when sponsors potential sponsors come to me or stuff like that i'm able to pitch them as a brand as opposed to just results yeah. if that makes sense um so i encourage a lot of like professional golfers my age to do something like that because another thing that got me going was that one of my favorite sports is the ufc outside of golf yeah and those guys don't make a ton of money so all of them nearly have channels to be able to give insight into what they're doing, gain an audience and stuff like that. So I feel like I know my favorite fighters yeah. really well because I watch them all the time. Or someone like Paddy the Baddy. Yeah, correct. Does brilliant, does on, brilliant. His, on his YouTube content. Awesome, yeah. And I think 
that sort of thing was kind of an aha moment for me. I was like, people just see your name on a scoreboard, but they have no connection to you as a person. And I think golfers, are, we're in a lucky spot that the top guys make a ton of money. Um, so maybe you don't f- see the value in it. I see that there's a few guys starting to. Bryson's obviously stepped right into it, and he's doing a great job with it. And I think you'll see more. And I encourage people to do it because... I don't care how hard you practice because I'm one of the hardest workers I feel like in terms of my, my craft and my professional golf, there's still a lot of downtime. There's still a lot of time that you spend if you're not doing something else, thinking about well, your golf, stressing tra- about traveling. your golf. Yeah. Like you guys travel so much. Correct. And there's a lot of time where you're not doing a lot. And in that time, I like to be productive and work on something else and have my mind kind of still turning over and still thinking of new ideas and things that I could potentially create and have some fun with and I think it's helped me both as a golfer and as a person too I think what what was uh, that was a fascinating kind of rundown of, of your professional career so far what I found like a standout moment there was when you talked about how hard you were on yourself when you had good results at Memorial Bay Hill and and isn't, isn't it interesting because you could have easily got into that and and lowered your expectation levels even just making the cut would have, have perceived as being an achievement mm. and actually then the whole narrative kind of your, your mindset can change quite mm. quickly yeah. and I think as golfers we're so hard on ourselves correct you know I, I certainly am and I, and I know a lot of people listening and watching are as well but even if you've had your best round there's always a niggle about oh what about what about that put that I missed yeah. or what about that loose shot that I, I hit to the right or you're never going to have a perfect round yeah. like no one can master golf can yeah. they it's an impossible sport to master because yeah. even 18 birdies as daft as it sounds still isn't mastering it no. why didn't you eagle the par fives yeah, correct. Yeah. you know it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy game and I think it's, it's funny because I, I give a lot of certainly when I was coaching a lot of the time almost advice like try and be your own best friend hmm. like give your yourself advice that your best friend would give yeah, you yeah 100% but that's bloody hard when, when you're hard. out there competing we're emotional I think yeah. as all golfers are You whether you play once a week or whether you play once a month or you practice every day like I do I think you get so invested into becoming better at this sport and I think it tricks you into it kind of tricks you into thinking you are better and then it humbles you a little bit and then gives you a little bit more and then humbles you again and you're kind of always in this push and pull with this sport and I think that's the beauty of it um and I think if you approach it in the right way, that truly is the beauty of it. But in the wrong way, it can tear your confidence apart. And I think that's why everybody, it's such an interesting sport in the sense that you hear so many people talk about like, oh, I'm struggling with the putting yips, or I'm struggling with the chipping yips, or I'm struggling with the driver yips, or like all these different elements that different people who play all the yeah. time are struggling with. And it's really a, quite a simple game when you take it all back. But so it's, it's, it's kind of a game of spinning plates though, because you've got in golf you've got so many plates to spin like say you're driving yeah the iron game you're pitching you're chipping you're putting you you bunker play your mental approach mm. like and and so, so, sometimes you'll focus over here and, and spin these ones really well and everything but over here falls down 100 and, and this isn't you know people have seen it on the channels and this isn't me blowing smoke at your ass or anything but you are an unbelievable ball striker yeah like you you strike it i mean i've played with some incredible golfers like t- like pga tour pros you hit it as good if not better than some of the guys I've played with mm. what do you feel is is kind of is, is there a missing ingredient do you feel like there's a weakness in your game and, and also on the flip side what 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you actually think the strength in your game is as well? Yeah, I think probably, I don't know if it's a physical part, but sometimes, like I said, I'm such a, I want to say in a lot of ways, a realist. So for me to gain a ton of confidence, I want to see results on a scoreboard. So sometimes I wish I was better at tricking myself into confidence, if that makes sense. But if we want to talk about an aspect of the game that I would probably like to be better at, it'd probably be short game, I'd say. I think... To most people, my short game will look fantastic because I practice a to lot. Most, to most people, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I practice a lot. But I think, I mean, Jason Day, one of my closest friends and a guy that I practice a lot with, he's kind of the benchmark for everyone, but certainly the benchmark for me. And I struggle to beat him in chipping comps. and crazy, uh, On course and that sort of stuff. And I really see the level that he's able to produce shots around the green and kind of spots that maybe... I give away a shot that he's able to save one and it's not much like the difference between sitting where I am right now not having full status or any status on the PJ Tour and him being pretty close if not already in the Hall of Fame I mean to be honest though he's made a he's made a resurgence yeah over the last couple of years yeah. he, he kind of really went off the boil yeah he did and I think I mean he's just such a like hard worker and just as soon as he sets his mind to something he's going to be back and he's worked hard on his golf swing and his chipping and everything and so he deserves being back to where he's at um but yeah like going back to your question i think short game i think if i just had a few more shots around the green uh, is is it the routine ones like let's say you are having a chipping comp with jason right and you've got a fairly routine chip. Are you fairly kind of level there, or is there even a difference on just the routine ones? Are you putting it within two feet and he's nearly holding it? I'd say it? he's better at the routine stuff. But I'd say when it gets into the more creative, like harder shots is where actually I'm pretty good. Right. It's more like a basic up and down, because as mu- we don't like practicing those that much. Like they're 
they're fine like hitting a little 56 degree that checks up and runs like it's a shot you need but it's not that fun to practice well, so you practice for silly yeah games, like, exactly um and i think he's really good at that he'll miss a par five like in a little bowl up by the green and have a pin that's five or six paces off and it's <laughs> A tricky shot but a pretty basic one and he's able to just put that in a very stress-free kind of range yeah. a large percentage of the time while mine might go to maybe five six foot where you're averaging 70 percent or 60 percent make yeah. rate um which is a big difference and if that's one one and a half shots around that's now six shots a tournament that adds up over a year of course it does. um six shots on a leaderboard that's a lot of money a lot of points and a long way from the lead so um it's very 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 small margins but if I keep improving my short game, I think to complement kind of what I think is great about my game, which is how far I hit it off the tee and my ball striking, and I think I'm a very confident putter too, um, I think that'll take me to where I want to be. And what are, you, what are you actually specifically working on with your short game? Is, is it is it, do you feel like it is technique? Do you feel like it's a different mindset? Do you feel like it's that kind of positivity? What, what are you actually specifically trying to tweak with your short game? So I think there's a few things. I think number one thing that I want to get better at short game wise is shot selection. I think I often choose harder shots that need to be chosen around the greens. Like the more I find it, there is such a good argument to putt a lot of shots around hey, the green. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that from a point of view of just like your average golfer, like for a professional golfer, there is a big argument to putt a lot of shots around the green, especially on the surfaces that yeah, we play I mean, on. Off like, the fringes, they're pretty yeah. much putting greens anyway. And a lot of the fairways that we play on too, like unless there is something really in the way or you're like significantly far off the green, there is a big argument to putt a lot of shots. Um, and so I think shot selection is one of them. There's so many different options that I could go to and I love to just grab my 60 and go up there and hit a chip. I think shot selection's one and then understanding different grasses and different lies. That's really hard. And I think that's one that viewers at home may not know quite as much about, but Florida, Bermuda so and different. Australian grass and then the grass in the UK and then, and then the bent and then grass in like, California. Even like grass in Dubai. Yeah. I, it all still When you get onto Pass Power Mazoysia yeah. or something like that. It's they're all completely different, require different shots, different techniques. So I think the understanding how those different things react, what's the easier shots to play on those different grasses, and then being able to put that into play. And I think you know, you know, it's it's that more than technical. You know it's almost a little bit like and I've only just twigged it now kind of talking to you like tennis. Hmm. The game of tennis is the same, hmm. but then you can play it on clay. You and can play it on of each grass. You can play it on what tarmac, I yeah. guess. Like, and they all they all react different, I guess. Very different. You know, and, and I suppose that's a little bit like short game off different types of surfaces. Like, yeah. to say it's still a short shot, mm. but it can be done. It can be done on really hard, linksy turf in Scotland at St Andrews, for argument's sake, mm. or round here where it's Bermuda grass sometimes, and then it's other types of grass other times. Yeah. It's like it's really. I fa I genuinely, and I don't know, my short game isn't the best, but when it's not as good and then you're trying to change the grass because you might master one surface then you come into another you go this feels like a totally different game mm. it, and it can be so penal yeah and i think that's like you said there and when you look at tennis there's masters of each surface and there's other players who just haven't been able to get on top like roger federer won however many majors and he won one french open just clay was tough for him yeah Nadal won almost all his majors on clay but struggled a little bit more on hard court Djokovic is a master of hardcourt. Well, he's a master of all the services, really, Djokovic, but hardcourt in particular. And that's what you're becoming, trying to become. Yeah, really. so you're trying to become as well-rounded as you can and have the shots for all the different problems that you're going to have out there. 
and that's tricky because they require different techniques and different clubs. What do you think about professional golf right now? The state of it? It's interesting. It's very interesting. Like it is by the day becoming more split in half. I think if we had this conversation a year ago, we probably still wouldn't have given Liv much creed in terms of the players that they had. But it's hard to ignore kind of the John Rahms of the world now and obviously Cam and Brooks, Dustin, Bryson. I've probably missed a few there, but um, it's hard to ignore. Selfishly, as a professional golfer myself, I wish, and a fan of the sport myself, I wish it was together because I think we're getting a little bit of a diluted product on both ends. Um, I think it's putting people off watching golf. Yeah, because I think you look at an event like Tory last week, which is notoriously a huge event for the tour, and notoriously one that Tiger's won and J-Day's won, and gee, I mean, it feels like who's who's won that one. And last week felt like a very, in whole respect to all those guys, I know them all well, they're fantastic players. But in terms of your star power, it was a little bit watered down. And I think even this week on Live, like, I feel like we're getting to a point close to the event and we don't even know who's playing this week. No. And we're the week of the tournament. Like, not a lot of team announcements, not a lot of anything like that. So, well, I think just just before this podcast, we're recording this on the 30th of Jan. Hopefully it's going to come out tomorrow. Is... Um, John Rahm's just announced his, his team. Okay. And it's now official that Tyrrell Hatton is, is actually part of the team. Yep. Um, but then the other two guys, not really well-known names. I don't really know them who, at all. Who was it? Was it, I, Cal- I, was it Caleb Surratt, I yes. think, was the amateur? Yes. That had just turned pro? Who, quali- yeah. who, did, who qualified at that? Uh, no, 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 he didn't qualify. He's an amateur from uh, Tennessee, I believe. Well, it's the guy who qualified yeah, in Abu Dhabi. And then the guy who qualified in Abu Dhabi, Kieran Vincent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, two big names and two kind of... Yeah. I don't really know them, but and, you're... And, it's hard. It's so like, hard. It's like John Rahm's arguably the best player in the world right now. If he's not number one, he's top three. Yeah. Um, and it just—it's a weird one because once again, m- all my respect to those all those boys playing, but it's strange. Like I think if you made the team for, I think Liv's format would be okay if you had every single one of the best players in the world. Yeah. That'd be quite exciting. But you don't. You don't. Um, it, it's it's funny. Like we we were over here last uh, the weekend. Just been he right Tory Tory was on TV, and I was I was sat there ch- with a with a fairly loose sports fan, a golf fan. I wouldn't mm. say he was really you know knowing golf, and he was saying, "Oh, who's that on the leaderboard?" For the first time, I was like, uh, "Don't really know." Yeah. There's quite a lot of names on there. I was like, uh, "I don't really know who that is." Yeah. Like you know, um, where normally. You look at a Tory leaderboard and you're like, I know every single one of those yeah, guys. Correct, like yeah. from Tory Pines or yeah. even this week at Pebble Beach, you're like, I know every single one of those top ten names. Yeah. Like the household names almost. Yeah. And um I, I feel like it's fractured, you know, from a spectator standpoint, I feel like it's fractured a lot of the moment. Yeah, I think selfishly as professional golfers, I think there's so much access to money right now. So I think a lot of players are viewing it from that lens and that's good too like you have to look after yourself before other people in in life I think and that's um, the way it is but it's just from a fan perspective and that's the kind of the lens that I'm trying to view it as it's it's hard because I I know most of these guys that are playing and um, it's weird not seeing them compete against each other all the time and that's why the majors have kind of accidentally become way more intriguing yeah. because we all, we only time we get them all together is four times a year. Maybe the Ryder Cup if that changes around a little bit. Um, but really only four times a year. So they've actually, like I said, accidentally become super intriguing. But as much as I love the Ryder Cup, 
you know, you, you know, for, for an Aussie, yeah, it's not like, you know, no, yeah, you still, that, you still miss out the Ryder yeah. Cups. You still miss out on, yeah. on a Cam Smith. You still miss out on some huge names in the world True. of golf. Like, so I feel like the majors are the only ones. And you know, once some of these guys have gone past their five-year exemption, yeah. they're not going to be seen again. No. Potentially, you know, depending on how this world ranking system exactly pans out or anything like that. I can see that Liv's obviously making a push to get some points. That like that Live Promotions event they did. Um, well, you played in that. I did play in that. You did play in that. So, like, what? Just give us a, a bit of an insight because I, you know, I, was, I remember when you messed. I was actually in Dubai at the same yeah, time. Yeah. You were, I, was in, I mean, I've been I've played. Yeah, we nearly linked up and did something there. But um, yeah, all credit. I mean, I've spent all my career on PJ Tour affiliated tours. PJ Tour, Corn Ferry, Latin America, Canada. He did a bit of challenge tour last year. Yeah, but basically, most of my careers I've been PJ Tour sanctioned. I must say that Live Promotions event was top class. Really? It was phenomenal. How you got treated as a player? Yeah, just how you got treated as a player. You got paid to be there first of all, so nothing came out of your pocket. Really? Um, and that's fantastic. Like for people playing in that, it may not seem like a lot, but that's important. Like it's expensive to play Q schools and playing in PJ Tour Q schools, very, very expensive. Just the entry fee, let alone everything that comes with it. So to have everything covered was very cool. It really felt like you were at a big professional event. There was a camera crew with every group. Um, there was camera towers on every tee, every green. Um, the shuttle services, the host hotels, the organization of the travel to get there, um, the way you were treated on site, the quality of the range balls and stuff that when you were there, just it was a top tier event. Like, it felt like a huge... It felt like a big tour event. And you're playing like more or less a Q school. Um, for, for what was it? Three players that three made players, it Three players, yeah. And, and a strange format. Probably not a fun format as a fan. Maybe not the best format for a Q school. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I, I thought the format was a little interesting. Um, but it's probably intriguing as a fan. Like a sudden death almost style Q school on TV is, is, is pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about that. that was was your, I'm guessing your goal was to qualify. Yeah, of course my goal was to qualify. I absolutely would have loved to. I came in playing a little rough and it was kind of a last minute thing, me even getting in. And so I was a bit like, all right, well, hopefully I can sort this out in the next few days. So I was just, my best club, my driver, I felt like I was hitting it everywhere. And I'm going to, uh, was it Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi Golf, Club? Golf Club? Yeah, which is a fun, Lots of water. Yeah, but just a phenomenal golf course. Yeah. Like one where driving the ball, drivers have won the golf ball. I think Rory's had a lot of success there. Yeah. I don't think he's won, but he's had a ton of success. Tommy Kimer Fleetwood, and yeah. Fleetwood and all those like great ball strikers. So it was annoying being there, being like, God, this course suits me so well, but I feel like I've brought my C game this week. Um, so yeah, obviously goal was there to qualify, didn't play too well, didn't get through, but still all in all, just a phenomenal experience and a good insight for me into what live golf is kind of providing. What's your main objective, as in like pecking order? Mm. So let's say we're starting here next year, okay? And you've had a wonderful season. Mm. You've, you've played really well. And what, what's your absolute perfect scenario? Uh, by this time next year, I would love to have gotten my card on the PJ Tour. There's now ways to do that in a year. So that's Q School. They now have opened up cards through Q School to be on the PJ Tour. So ultimately for me, that would be it. But I would absolutely love the ultimate, ultimate goal is to be top 10 in the world and consistently winning and competing on the PJ Tour. But I don't want to let this YouTube stuff go. Of I think it's fun. And I think people enjoy seeing their favorite players and knowing them. And, you, and you're good at it. Yeah. I, no, I don't think everyone would be. Yeah, I don't think everyone would be, but whether or not they are or they aren't, 
I think there's a certain there's a lot of people that relate to every sort of personality. Class. And I think giving people that insight is really really cool. I think that creates a better environment for golf fans in general. Um, I mean, you just look at your channel or the good good guys or Luke or even like that. They're more visible and more known than half at least of the PGA Tour. Yeah. And people feel like they really know them. And it's yep. funny, even traveling to Dominican McQuan, like people coming up to him being like, oh, I love when you did this. I love when you did that. I couldn't say that about a lot of PJ Tour players. So it'd be really cool to be competing at the highest level in the sport, but also being able to give my fans and people that enjoy following me like a really good insight into what my life looks like and what training and travel and everything else looks like as well. So that's objective one. Mm. Let's say that doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. End of the season, off season. Get a phone call. To live. Yeah, I'm no. going. Yeah, yeah. You going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough money to be saying no to that. Like, <laughs> like I'm 25 and um, been doing the professional golf thing for a little while, and it's expensive. It's hard, and I absolutely. If I get a chance, I mean, I said both sides are watered down a little bit. So there's still phenomenal fields on both sides. If I get a chance to compete with Ram and Brooks and DJ and Cam and all that sort of stuff week in week out, I'll absolutely go, and it'd be life changing. But I still think priority number one would be PGA Tour for me. I want to play majors. I want to win majors. I feel like my game can do that. Um, what What would happen though? You, you PGA Tour, you've got pathways, world ranking, everything else to get into majors. At the moment, it doesn't look like there's going to be pathways for live. You, you might sacrifice that. Yeah, you do. Um, I, I still think in my position at the moment, like I don't have, I'm not on Corn Ferry or PGA, so playing competitively is kind of number one priority because that's what ultimately keeps you sharp is playing against other good players um so i think for me i would still do that in hopes that everything will come together i do have a feeling based on nothing that things will come together eventually um i just don't know that i know the pif and whatever are capable of spending as much money as they want but I don't feel like any good business person just spends money expecting no return yeah, at some it, point. It's, it's calculated. Yeah, like I, I don't think it's just this free spend and like and we're just going to have fun spending money. Like I do think it's there is some sort of something there to make it profitable at some point. I don't know if that involves the PJ Tour or not. Um, well, very soon. I think it was the end of, end of 2023 we should have had an answer. Yeah, but they extended that, That's right? been pushed back, I think, mm. to springtime. Yeah. It's gonna, something's going to have to happen soon. Something's going to have to happen. Because players are going to start getting annoyed. Yeah, correct. And so I think... My hope is that it all comes together. My, my like end goal with all of that would be the fall series that they have on the PJ Tour run ten live events. Yeah, like that would be exciting and be fun, kind of like they want to do with the TGL. Like, but make it all the best players in the world have huge purses, the best fields. Um, now I don't know, live might be too established for that. Now maybe that was a conversation early on that they needed to, to have. To be honest, that that was the conversation they wanted yeah, to have. Yeah. So when I when I years ago when I interviewed Andy Gardner who pretty much had the premise of, of Live Before Live existed, the Premier Golf League. Mm. They wanted it to be a, an add-on to the PGA Tour. It yeah. wasn't supposed to be a breakaway league. That's what I thought, yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, I don't believe that the powers to be at PGA Tour would, wanted to entertain that conversation. Then yeah. obviously it, it stemmed something else. But for me, you know, I, the, there needs to be 
more events where you can guarantee the players being at because it, it's messy at the moment. Yeah, it is. You know, even even a couple of weeks ago, you've got some top tier players playing in Dubai, mm. like Rory and Tommy and a few others. You then had a PGA Tour event going on at the same time. We had a few few really good players, and you had a soon we'll be having live events happening at the same it's like where the hell are people yeah. imagine if you're a real casual golf fan yeah who 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 won the best event this year yeah uh, this week sorry yeah. it's hard to say yeah, it's hard to say it's really difficult to yeah. say so i i hope and pray that there's going to be a collective come together i think it'll be really interesting to see what happens though where if let's say John Rahm's just taken whatever 600 million and then yeah. and then there's a coming together has he not just made the best business decision in the world yeah I think they're I think the players that went to live are probably in the negotiating position it I feels feel like, like they're in the driving seat yeah it does feel like they're the ones in control because they've got the money anything that comes together only suits them um because the money's in their bank account well they've got um, they've made that decision to yeah. go this is where we're at and yeah. this is what we're doing so I do think that they're in the driving seat when it comes to this. Um, I don't know if we're delusional thinking that something will come together or if we're just too optimistic or if that's legitimately a chance that that happens, but I certainly hope so because I, I want to see it. One interesting question on, on, on when you said about, yeah, you got, you'd go to live if they called. Would you be bothered what team you're on? Would they kind of be... I'd love to play on that Australian team. The Rippers? Yeah, but uh, no. I don't think so. Because I, I think that's where it gets a little bit lost. It and again, does. I like what you just said there, the Australian team. Yeah. Because that's what it is, really. The yeah. Rippers team is the Australian yeah, team. I, think what is I don't it? think everyone's Australian from memory. No, they are. Everyone, all four members. All four members. I think it's this year it's going to be Cam Smith, <laughs> Matt Jones, Lucas Herbert, and I am missing one, right? At, uh, Leash. Yeah. See, that to me makes sense that's cool. an Australian team that's what I thought Ron was doing yeah. I thought he was going to have a Spanish team yeah. I thought he might have Serge I mean they kind of do have a Spanish team like that uh, I can't remember what they uh, call Fireballs yeah so they have like Eugenio Sergio uh, it's Carlos Ortiz on yeah. there I believe but he's Mexican so not quite the same um, and then they have David Puig who's also Spanish um I think is that right? I, yeah, I don't think you'd have had Sergio as a captain and Ram as a captain. Yeah, I don't true. think Sergio would. Well, have I thought they would captain. maybe kind of like the, all this mix and match. Like I thought maybe they make a Spanish team, but yeah, I, I think that's the thing that it's very difficult for fans to support a team. I think Aussies, yeah, have got it made. The, the event in Adelaide, am I right in saying? It's yeah. an amazing event, from, from what I've been told from people in Aussie. And great. you've got a team to support. Mm. So it's like it makes total sense. You're not bothered about the Ryder Cup because it's not. And the Majestics are more or less like than Stenson's Almost. in there. Like yes, yeah, Stenson's you've got, in there. You've obviously got Sam Horsfield, who's UK, even though he, he's yeah, born, kind of born and raised in yeah. America. Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, and obviously Henry Stenson. Yeah. But yeah, I feel possibly there needs to be a storyline behind the teams. Like I'd, there needs to be something pulling the team together, not just these random names that are just part of a team I think then it's easier to follow it's easier than even me saying the Australian team you know exactly who I'm talking about yeah. like there needs to be that across and I don't know how you do that I don't know if you do that nationality wise I don't know if you do that in terms of I don't know how, how else you would do it but. I think nationality made the most sense yeah because even if let's say you could have multiple American teams which yeah. is still fine because you have a west coast whatever east coast team you know that kind of makes sense a yeah. little bit I've seen that's what like TGL are trying to do yeah but it doesn't quite make sense when you've got like Boston Common which is a um, and you've got Rory and Tyrrell Rory in well Tyrrell not yeah, anymore not anymore but, but he was like what like do they have to do with Boston yeah like, it's a bit of a Rory's from Ireland lives in West Palm yeah like, and then you've got like an LA team which yeah. I've seen that like Justin Rose is signing yeah, so up with yeah so it's just 
Yeah, there needs to be a storyline to it. There needs to be something tying it together. I think Formula One does a good job. I mean, obviously the big sponsor comes in and names their team. Like if you had maybe Team TaylorMade or something like that, and they all played. I think that'll happen. Yeah, that's. I, I, really, think, I, I imagine that that's the way they want to go. I really, really could see that happening. Like, and then again, if you do that, if you get the wrong person or the wrong group to sponsor something, like, is it really <coughs> going to be that? <coughs> keen to watch like say and I'm not I'm, I shouldn't probably throw a company out there but like say, say it was like Team Goldman Sachs yeah like cool like big company who has the money to do that but like what, does, no that e- what does that even mean like, yeah there's no affiliation yeah like it needs to be the right I think it needs to be the right fit I think like say F1's got it right with the car manufacturers yeah correct because you can support a, a manufacturer from your country yeah correct so if you're Italian straight away you support Ferrari, Ferrari yeah then also if, if like the UK I'm, I'm a big Lewis Hamilton fan because yeah. he's from the UK so it's yeah. like I can support Lewis but I could also you know I, I could probably well I probably support Mercedes-Benz you know because that kind of feels like the most English team you've got yeah, George yeah. Russell and, and uh, Lewis Hamilton but yeah I feel at the moment the teams are not I can't connect with the teams at all no neither can I and, uh, and, I, and I don't I don't fully believe the players do I think some of them are trying they're trying yeah I think honestly my favourite name that stuck out to me since day one is the Majestics mm. I don't know that's kind of suits Pulse and yeah. like an English team for some reason yeah. I think they've got the branding kind of right on that one I think and they're like, the team that are trying to be the best team yeah and most like commercialised and like that sort of thing they seem to be doing a lot I know they released like a series even the other day yeah. on YouTube on to YouTube's kind of show good. I watched that I don't watch it um, but then you've got three captains yeah which and is then, weird and it's like that's a bit weird yeah. just from the get go I thought that name and the sounding of it and who was on the team that made the most sense but you get to like the cliques and um, even smash like crushes like I don't know those names and it kind of like, doesn't make sense like Taylor Gooch which was on who were on the Range Goats who had the best season last yeah. year has suddenly now jumped over to Smash and Brooks's team yeah and they've given him Matt Wolf doesn't like, make sense yeah it's just anyway yeah. anyway we could talk forever you talk forever on that it's cool good on him I wish I was on Live myself there you, the moment, go. there you go <laughs> <laughs> I also wish I was on the PGA Tour so you um, just you, let's be honest as a professional golfer you want to make as much money as possible and win, win as many titles as possible that, that's the truth isn't yeah. it yeah and if I got a chance to play on either of the big tours I would absolutely take it that gives me a chance to compete against the best players make the most money win the most tor- biggest tournaments um, wouldn't matter to me so yeah. Do, you, do you believe sometimes this kind of narrative that they're doing it to grow the game and all this no. or is that they're not they're doing no. it for money aren't yeah, they yeah they're doing it for they, yeah you wouldn't see them doing it for the same the same amount of money that they were earning year after if you got their average earnings on the PJ Tour over the last five years and offered them that per year over the next few years nobody would have left no like and that's the end of the story on that one that it's all, is it's all about money it's all I about went, the money I kind of wish probably how Havana was the only one that really came out and said he was honest and even Ram to a certain extent he said look like I think when he was on what show was it when he came up in that jacket and announced that he was on oh, live yeah. he more or less said like I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't about the money and I was like okay at least good on you but then he, I think he backed that up with like oh growing the game and stuff but yeah I mean I think a world tour is good I think that does grow the game I think a world tour would be amazing I think a world tour is great I think that does grow the game I don't think that that is the intent behind it though and, and I like I like the off season yeah like to some degree I've kind of missed seeing some of these big names yeah so yeah I agree I, like I've just I'm like what have they been doing yeah. like are they going to be better like Dustin Johnson shared a clip the other day like in practice I'm a bit like more than usual. is he going to come out and be yeah. amazing this year yeah. or, or is he not I don't know yeah. it's going to be interesting right Ryan thanks for your time thanks for having me mate good um, chat do follow Ryan on his YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the top line of the description. Check him out on Instagram as well. And now we're going to go out and Ryan, 
and I'm going to play some shots. Mm-hmm. He's going to go and shoot a course record here at Cabot Citrus Farms here in Florida. See you next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.